with Vantage Point Podcast. I want you to welcome uh, you back to another week. Um, if you've been rolling with us, definitely thank you so much for being with us. Um, and if you're a first-time listener to the podcast, definitely welcome, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Just thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Um, I want to just throw out a quick thing for for you all to be connected with us. We have a lot, a lot of things going on in uh, 2021 and, and already making some plans. And so I want you to stay connected with us. You can either connect with me uh, via Instagram on I am Nick Ruffin or on our Instagram for Vantage Point Podcast is at thisisvantagepoint.com. You can also go to our website, www.vantagepointpodcast.us and get all types of information from there as well. And so, um, as you know, and if you don't know, we've been in this series called What is Love? And this is actually week four of that series. And um, I, I said it in a different episode and maybe even one more, but this series has really um, challenged me. Um, I've, I've had moments throughout this week and last week where, you know, I had to love different. I had to put in situations, whether it was with people I knew, people I didn't know, um, people I would never have met, but definitely have has changed my perspective and my response to that. Um, and so I really pray that this series is challenging you as well um, to not only think differently, but act differently. And just in that, um, the series is actually slated for four weeks, but I really feel like God wanted me to do more. So we're going to add another week um, and our series finale will be next week, which is Sunday, uh, the 1st, uh, which is the Sunday before Election Day. So um, God is definitely up to something. And if you listened last week or if you didn't, uh, I just want to give another shout out, a special shout to um, Miss Tiffany Hines for being our guest last week as we talked about love um, being more than words. Um, we um, want our love to be compassionate, intentional, and actions um, more than words. So, and if you again, if it's your first time, definitely go um, go back and get that that episode and the whole series. But really, um, before we move into week four, I want to just recap where we've been so far. Um, and in week one, uh, we talked about uh, that was like our first foundational piece, and um, talked about understanding love um, by expounding on loving God and loving your neighbor. Um, and that was really, really, like I said, groundwork for this um, message and where this series was going to go. And then in week two, we took it a step further and we talked about loving the unlovable, right? And that could be people you know, people you don't know. Um, at any point, we're all, we even were all unlovable at one point. And last, like I mentioned in week three, last week we talked with Tiffany um, and we talked about love being more than words. And we found that love has to be compassionate, it has to be intentional, and it must have action behind it. And so um, the key thing I've, I've really learned in this series, and, and I'm hoping you're getting it, is that when it comes to God's definition of love, there are definitely levels to it, right? And we need to understand and embrace those levels um, to truly reach a place where we can uh, love boldly. And so for this week, um, I want to talk about another layer to it and really that the another answer to the question what is love it's it's our response and you know it's it's literally october i can't believe it um 2020 and this year um as i think pretty much anybody on here can agree um it's been like any other year that we've experienced um unless you are um you know unless you live through things like the great depression or the civil rights 
or even some of the biggest military conflicts like Vietnam or the or the uh, WW1, WW2. Um, but really, you know, I'm mean, even thinking of myself. Um, I was born in 1983, so I'll even say um, since 1980. Um, if you're anybody born, anybody listening listening to this, born after 1980, um, we really haven't experienced uh, anything like this in our in our lifetime. So much uncertainty, fear, um, division, and if you're like me, you've probably had moments uh, during 2020 where we don't know what to do. You're literally asking yourself, what do I do? How do I respond to these things? Um, how do I navigate this this uncharted water that, I've, that I'm in right now? And the truth of the matter is it's not easy. Um, but as a matter of fact, you know, we're, we're actually told in Scripture that this world would not be easy. In and, and John 16, 33, um, it says, I have seen these things to you. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, and Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Um, and um, John, uh, 1 John two fifteen says, do not love the world or the things in the world. And this refers to kind of the rebellious, anti-God uh, um, systems of the world. And so when you think about it, the way of the world shouldn't surprise us. I mean, we're told scripturally, we're told we're going to have trouble. We visually can see the world, um, whether it's in our political realm right now, dealing with racism, xenophobia, all these things. We can see um, that we were gonna, we we have trouble in this world, and we have to um, have a response. And for for people like you and I who we believe in Jesus Christ, we follow Jesus Christ, we we have to have a response. Um, and that response has to be love. And I think there's some very key things in that response. And one of the first points I want to call out is our response in love. Our response is love because it's what we are called to do. Um, and in John 13, 34 and 35, it says a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must not love one another, but this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So here we have Jesus like giving us not not a suggestion or an idea, but he's literally giving us a command. Um, and a command is something you that you get that is given from one to another with the full expectation it will be carried out. Um, I, I've spent some time in the military here in the U.S. And uh, when when sergeants or officers or anybody gave you a command, there was there was no misinterpretation or thought about it. The commands were expected to be carried out. Um, and even to take a step further, the word command in the Greek means an injunction, injunction, ordinance, or law. So Jesus was not only summoning with an authoritative order; he was also in instituting a new law to replace the law of Moses, which is the law of love. And that's something that that really Jesus personified in his life. And he even said that anyone, he said in this verse that everyone will know you are my disciples when you love one another. Not if, but when you do it. Um, and anyone who says they follow Christ is called to walk in love. And why is this important? Um, in Matthew 24, 12, it says, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow, grow cold. And I like how the message transla translation says it. It says, for many 
others, the overwhelming spread of evil will do them in. Nothing will be left of their love but a mound of ashes. And you think about again, go back to what we said earlier, 2020, right? We have a global pandemic going on. We have probably the most divisive um, and polarizing election um, in the United States in our history. Um, and, and then racism, um, the ongoing uh, systemic racism um, in this country that continues um, to plague and demoralize people of color um, and uh, things that we continue to deal with. And it's really bringing the worst out in people. And we can see it so clearly. We can see the emotions. We can see everything that's going on. And it, and it has us questioning a lot. Um, and it's looking like, I mean, it's like staring at a fire. And, and we have the one thing that we can extinguish the fire, but we don't know how to fully, we're mad about the fire. We see the fire. We want the fire to go away. Um, but we but we aren't using the right tools to get it to go away. And I love what uh, Martin Luther King said. He he said, love is the only force capable of turning an enemy into a friend. Um, and another quote um, by Robert Allen Silverstein says, love is the truth that sets us free. And we're reminded again of this commandment um, from John 13, 34, 35. Um, in First John four twenty one, and it says, and he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. And again, it, it's something we're called to do, and it's something that God um, innates in us and, and, and really gives us permission and authority to go do. And, and ultimately, it leads me to my, my second point, which is our response is love because it was his response to us. And if we go back and think about who we were before God, um, like before we were saved, before we were, you know, anything, we were in the world. What we did, what we said, what we represented, um, we were in love with ourselves in the world. We, we love that. It was the allure of it, the everything about it. But when we made the decision to surrender that life, we didn't get looked down on or overlooked or 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 talk to a certain way by God, he literally responded to us with love. God gave us the ultimate response by sending Jesus into the world so we would have eternal life. First John 4, 10 and 11 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. We have to, to hold on to that undeniable fact that wherever we are, however we are, God's response to us is love. The more we can literally get that on the inside of us, the stronger we can embrace it, and then that ultimately makes us more effective at loving others and portraying that love to other people. Um, when, when I started writing this point, I instantly thought about the prodigal son. And for, for those that don't know, this is a story or parable in the Bible that Jesus told his disciples to help them understand his teachings. And this particular one is found in Luke 15, and it goes from verse 11 to 32. 
And Jesus starts by by talking about a man. He had two sons. The younger son wanted his inheritance early, so he left the home and he went out in the world, wasted his inheritance. Uh, the Bible says in reckless living, right? And at that same time, a famine struck the entire country. And the the part of the parable that really connects with this point is actually starts in verse seventeen and goes to twenty four. So I want to read that and just to give you a little bit more context. The son, um, he's at his lowest point. He's literally eating pig slop. Um, and then verse 17 starts and says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring the quickest, quickly get the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. And they begin to celebrate. Think about when the father, think about the father when his son left and while his son was gone and ultimately when his son returned. The father's love never changed. But the moment his son returned was the moment that um, his son had turned away from the world. And when the father saw him, there wasn't this, I told you so, or you should have stayed, or I knew you'd come back, or all these things that we know we probably would have said to him, um, or that we've probably said to someone else in this situation. But the father's response was love. And did you even, did you catch verse 20? It said, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, Right. He identified him, and then he felt compassion. He felt his need. Then he went to him in urgency and embraced him and kissed him. He affirmed him. The father forgives his son and welcomes him back into fellowship with him. How much did he love his son? So here's something I've I've read um, in, in studying for this message is that men in that day didn't run. It wasn't a thing they did. Sounds crazy, I know, but they didn't run. It wasn't a thing that they did. And I think that gives more insight, and I I found this question and answer to it, and it said, why would the father break convention for his wayward son who sinned against him? Because he loved him, and he was eager to show that love and restore the relationship. And this is what God wants our responses to look like. That's how he responded to us. And, and really, God wants to know, can we, can we see people? Can we identify them? Not for what they do or what they believe, but whose they are. Because they're still children of God. We talked about this in week one. Can we feel where they are? Can we have that compassion that we talked about in week three? Can we be intentional with that? And then can we act with purpose? 
Can we not just talk about a need or see a need, but can we actually move forward and actually take action to to exhibit that love? And then can we affirm those people? Can we let them know that there's hope, that that Jesus loves them, and that they have a purpose and plan, and that God's going to use them? You know, that that sums up that response is we have to be able to look at ourselves and make those choices to respond in those ways. Um, and, and really, when I think about it, um, just practical things like how do I respond in love? And that brings me to my last point. We respond the same way God does. And the first piece of that is with truth and grace. First um, Corinthians 13 and 6 and 7, Paul says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And really responding in truth means that we're not denying any real problems. We're not denying what we see. You know, showing godly love is not ignoring truth. Um, It actually demands truth. And without that truth, you don't have love. And we have to also respond in grace. And, And all that means is that we don't condemn someone for their problems, but we don't make them worse by calling it out and, and putting it on display and doing all those things, posting it here and there and all of that. We have to have a balance um, to deal with the world while still affirming the world. Um, when it comes to the another point is we have to have patience and hope. That's how we that's how we respond in love. We have to have patience and hope. First Corinthians 13, 4 starts with love is patient. And that is a hundred percent fact. Think again, God with us. We are imperfect people serving a loving God. Every day, God is patient. We, we don't get it right every time or even the first time or even the 15th time or the thousandth time. We may not get it right. But in our love for others, why do we expect them to have to change on a dime? We, we weren't capable of it, so why should we expect them to be? Responding in love requires patience. Um, Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in hope, but be patient, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And that leads me to my other piece of how do we respond in love is it, it's through prayer. And Ephesians six eighteen says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. With this in mind, be alert and always on praying for all the Lord's people. Praying gives us an open form gives us an audience with God to not only pray on behalf of people, but we can take all those emotions and all those senses and everything we see in this world, and we can literally take that to him and give it to him. And the exchange that we get back is the ability to love. Um, Even though we don't, you know, we, we don't, I don't want you to think like, oh my God, I, I, you know, I went to prayer that I have to respond to this thing because I think we see things um, whether it's politically, racially, or whatever it is, and we have to respond now. I'm, I'm angry, I have to respond. But maybe you should take a moment, breathe, and take it to God in prayer. Because even though you didn't respond directly to the issue in the moment, turning to God for prayer is responding in love in the moment. And prayer allows those emotions and those senses and all of those things you're feeling 
and it allows the Holy Spirit to cover them and help you give out God's love because the truth of the matter is we can't love like God on our own. We're, we're unable to. We're not. Un, we're unable to produce godly love without him. Um, we need his help to love like him. That's why we have to stay connected to God. We have to allow that relationship to deepen because if it doesn't, then we will literally be trying to love the world in our own strength. And we know at some point that might work once, it might work twice, but it's always going to be that one person or that one situation that's going to literally stop us in our tracks and we will not be able to do it. And then now we'll let our emotions and our senses start to overtake us and control us in those moments. And I love Philippians 4, 6, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So as I close out um, week four, you know, it, it's it's simple. We, we have to, our response has to be love. And, and whether that's... Um, through somebody's political affiliation or whether that's through somebody who cut us off on the road or whatever those are. And, you know, there's, there's that, this, there's, there's the, um, understanding that we're, we're not going to get it right every time, but are we, are we working toward responding in love, responding in love, responding in love? We see something that someone posts responds in love, respond in love. I, I know for me, um, that's that's not. It hasn't been easy, especially when it comes to politics, when it comes to um, you know dealing with racism and dealing all those things. And, and there's almost this expectation in the world that we we have to go off the deep end, or I have to go, you know, do this or do that. But the real truth is that anything that I respond out of. Is, is love, whether that's even if it's a truth, a true statement or or something like that, it it's, has to go through that filter of love. It has to go through the filter of Jesus Christ, because when it does, we're able to get revelation and understanding on how we should respond to people and why we should respond to people that way, because it's a commandment, as we talked about, God commands us to love each other. He commands us in tr- to love each other in truth and grace, with patience, with prayer, with all of these things. And, you know, there's so many quotes and so many things about love. And and, and sometimes I, I think people think love um, can't um, win hearts. It can't, you know, like we like this, like the quote said from Dr. King of turning a fr- enemy into a friend. If we're, if we're truthful with with each other, you know, we don't want our enemies to be our friends. Um, but that's the power of love. That's the power of Jesus Christ. And as we close this episode, I just pray that as you go through this week, as you go through this election season, thank you, God, that whatever you're seeing, whatever you're hearing, whatever you're being told, that each of you listening to this, whether it's on um, Apple or Spotify or whatever platform it is that you you can love like Jesus, get connected to him, deepen that relationship between now and next Tuesday because I promise you, God, I promise these 
times are, are that's what's needed more for your people right now. So I pray that everybody's listening, that they connect with you this week, God, that they spend time with you and they let you pour into them and really let them show you, let you show them how their response can be in love. Even if it's in truth, even if it's um, with patience, that they can show love of people. And I just pray that the people that they come in contact with, God, um, will start to see that change. And then that will precede them to change. And that's how you, that's how we'll leverage love to, to change this world, God. And I just thank you um, for being who you are. I thank you for who you are in our life. And I just thank um, and praise for what's to come, Father. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Um, thank you all again for rolling with us for another week. Um, we're going to be back next week with the season finale of this. And then be on the lookout um, for our November series uh, called Seasons. It's going to be an amazing. We're going to have some great guests. Um, again, thank y'all. Love y'all. Catch y'all next week on Vanish Point. <laughs>